Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. I like these guys, but sometimes they think they're too damn smart. Mackey and Judd. Dummies. Mm-hmm. On 1500 ESPN. Carpenter after the loose puck. He sees the open net. Carpenter waits to the middle. Eakin scores! Cody Eakin makes it 3 nothing. 151 to go in the third. A little sizzling, a little tenderizing. And the night's up by three. If you want an idea, Phil, of the ineptitude of the National Hockey League at times and certain teams, keep in mind that uh, Gerard Gallant, who is, has coached Vegas in their first year to the conference finals, Gerard Gallant was coached last season of the Florida Panthers. He's the guy that the Panthers uh, lost a game, I believe, in Carolina. And they took him, I believe the story is, off the team bus mm-hmm. and told him to call a cab. Yeah, he was, so, there's pictures of him waiting for yeah, a cab. But but when you just want to get into the how can some teams be so dumb, and it, it's it's something that in most sports you'd say there's no team aside from the Cleveland Browns that's stupid. Yeah. No. In this league, you've got a handful of teams that will do idiotic things. So it's one, it's one of two things. The, the question of how can an expansion team get to the Western Conference Finals and then be sitting in a spot where I, I don't know if... I think most sports books would probably tell you Winnipeg is favored in this series, but it's it can't be more than like a 60-40, 55-45. Like this is a coin flip series, right? For one, it's hockey. Two, it's yeah, two really say, good teams yeah. and good rosters. Yeah, and whatever. I'd say that's close, probably. Yeah. Um, but my, I think it's one of two things. Either A, hockey is so random in small samples that you can pick the 10th best guy off each roster in an expansion draft and still have a team that goes to the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a touch of that. You and I can disagree on that. I think there's a for sure at least an element of that. Or B, and this is the more intriguing path to explore, there are general managers who just don't know what they're doing. And there's and there's general managers in every sport, but like a lot of them. There's too many. There's too many in this league. That's there's, absolutely correct. There's like three of them in baseball, maybe. Most front offices are at least smart enough to some degree where they're going away they, though, right? Yes. In baseball. They're, the teams that are bad now are almost always actively trying to be bad in order to come on with you know ten top prospects in two or three years from now. But I'm looking around the NHL here, and I might butcher the pronunciation of uh, the second or third best player on the Vegas Golden Knights, not counting their goaltender. Uh, is it Marchessault? Marchessault. Yeah. This Jean Marchessault. Yeah, John. Yes, it's a very uh, Quebecy name. He's from Quebec. Yes, very, very nice player, and was by the way last season for the Florida Panthers. So this dude for the Panthers scored thirty goals in just seventy-five games. Age twenty-six, breakout season. He's been with now four franchises in the last five years. Yep. So I get that, like that was his first breakout season, and there might be some skepticism. Is this a guy that can continue that type of scoring? And the answer, by the way, is yes. And I and if you're the Minnesota Wild. You have an excuse, Eric Howla, Alex Tuck. You can say, listen, we've been to the playoffs a half decade straight here. We've got a bunch of no trade clauses. So we're going to have to expose good players to the expansion draft. We don't have a choice. We have to expose good players. 
And so you could rip us for Eric Howla and for Alex Tuck combining for like 13 or 14 points in the playoffs this year and Howla having a breakout season. But if it wasn't Howla, it was going to be Zucker or somebody, right? You're going to have to expose somebody. Or Grandley. Over to Coyle. All right, man. In retrospect, maybe it should have been Coyle. Um, so, but that, so that's your built-in excuse. If you're the Panthers, what the hell is your excuse? Not to mention... You're morons, Phil. Riley Smith is another one. And I don't, I'm not going to pretend to watch a lot of Florida Panthers hockey, well, but it's not like their roster is stacked to the point yeah, where they've got, oh, sorry, we just have too many amazing you're, players. You're not good. You're not, you're, you're not good sense. at your job. Edmonton. Edmonton's GM. I can't stress how dumb... The, the Oilers gave away a guy who is one of three finalists for National Hockey League MVP for a defenseman who I would consider a nice player. Taylor Hall. They gave him away. And this but, guy... But, and, but, but, but here's what's, can't but here's what's amazing. You got a, you got a but here's of... what's amazing. He still has a job. You have Connor McDavid on your team. You have been blessed. The Lord has touched your franchise with the magic of Connor McDavid, and you're not in the playoffs, and you don't immediately fire your GM. And you took a big step back, and you did it largely because you're inept and nobody makes a change. It's mind-boggling. But how is I it... Don't, I can't answer your questions because it doesn't make sense. And again, like, and then my other question would be, how is it that there aren't more first-guess, obvious... Like, with hockey, why is it that, pe- that more people weren't looking over and saying, wait a second, like, there's two or three players, first-guess, wow. holy crap, there's no reason why Vegas should have had access to, to Carlson or... Marsha song. Well, with him, everybody did say, huh? Okay. Scored all those goals, and you're just going to look. And they said, well, we believe he has reached his peak. We, we believe he's capped out. Who are the other nine guys that they have kept? no idea. 651-646-8255. Paul, help, help me understand. Well, I actually am calling to ask you what you mean by something. And I, I went back and listened to our hockey fight from a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> you reviewed the tape. the tape. You reviewed the tape. So I, love <laughs> I did review the tape because I had to play it for my family. They laughed, and they told me I was too worked up yelling at you. Oh, so <laughs> good. No, disagree. Good radio. <laughs> do they know that we had lunch like a week before? <laughs> yeah, I, yes, they do. <laughs> anyway, I, I want to understand what you mean by hockey is random. Now, when we were talking that day, I said, pinball, you know, it's pinball on skates. I've said it to you before. But when mm-hmm. I say that, I don't mean that as a whole uh, of hockey, I meant that as you know, you shoot the puck in, and sometimes it hits somebody's leg and goes in, you know, or hits a stanchion and bounces here and bounces there. But generally, as a whole, I don't look at the system or the the whole sport of hockey as a random sport. So, what do you mean when you keep saying it's random? I mean, I, my, the guys in the studio are going to make fun of me for this, but it's not. First of all, it's not a hundred percent random. Clearly, if you have players like Sidney Crosby and you have a roster around a great center, you're you're likely to win more games in the postseason and more games in the regular season. I'm saying there's a lot more variance and there's a lot more room for random things to cause results in short, small sample sizes. If you played, if you if you crowned regular season champions like you do in the EPL. You'd have a much more true result, but I don't. I'm not even advocating for that. What I'm saying is, people trying to determine the fate of coaches and GMs based on like a game seven Bruce Boudreaux, as if it's anything more than a coin flip between two teams in a small sample. That bothers me. And so, with the Vegas Golden Knights, it's such an extreme example of every team in the league had a chance to protect nine players. So you're you're by definition you're plucking the 10th best player off every roster 
and putting together a collection that made it to the Western Conference Finals, which illustrates to me, A, the NHL has a lot of quirky things happen, and the NHL has a lot of players that maybe maybe there's, maybe there's it's harder to identify who can do what when given ice time, who can do what when given 82 games. But, well, but- B, and the, hold on, one thing and then go ahead. And the second thing that, like, you and Judd know more more about the general manager state in the NHL than I do, how anyone can look at a player, you have you have a chance to protect nine players on your roster, and you're a non-playoff crappy franchise, although the, the Panthers have been to, like, two playoff, they've been to the playoffs twice in the last, like, 15 years, and how you can misidentify two of the best players on Vegas' roster now because you thought they weren't good enough to play. Like, how is that possible? How is it, nobody in their right mind would say, you know what? All right, we, it looks like the Twins. We're going to have to protect some players here. Uh, let's leave Eddie Rosario unprotected because, I don't know, he looks like that last year might have just been a pop-up. No, yeah, yeah. look at the guy's hands. Look at the guy in the outfield. Yeah. Look at his arm. You know what's funny? Well, part of the thing you said last time was, if you just allowed Eduardo Escobar to play more, he's going to do better. And look what he's doing. Because <laughs> he's playing more, just like Hala. But uh, what you're... What you're questioning and what your conundrum is, you, you kind of said these are the 10th best players on each team. That's not the case. It, it all, for example, the Wild have so many uh, no-trade contracts, mm-hmm. they had to protect players that they wouldn't normally have protected. And so, therefore, Hall is not the 10th best player on the team. And that goes to what Judd is saying. you got stupid GMs in this league who give way too many no-trade contracts. So then when the expansion draft comes along, no, this isn't the 10th best player. But were there uh, any even, like, like you got be totally honest, both you guys. When the Wild left Eric Hall unprotected, and, and that's a guy who, who, had, who had played parts of four seasons with the Wild. Did either of you say, wow, that's a, that's a huge no, mistake. No, no, no. This guy's going to be point. a stud in Vegas. That's my point. That, that's, the conversation to me is this. Because well, I don't remember. I don't, I don't recall overreacting, Paul, when, when, they, when they lost Hala or traded Tuck. The question now, though, comes back is, is clearly with Tuck's play, should Chuck Fletcher, in his evaluation as a guy who drafted and developed Tuck for the first part of his pro career, should he have had the foresight to say, Charlie Coyle's really a decent player, but I think he, he's probably capped out. But Alex Tuck could become all the things that Charlie has not yet. And, that's, and, and I'm not even criticizing because I didn't at the time. I'm saying going back now and having this discussion, should the Wilds management team have had the foresight to say, oh my gosh, Alex Tuck might be a really good player. And the, hold on, and the answer is yes, obviously. Like You want your GM to be able to identify that. But then my question on top of that is, if GMs and smart fans really have no idea about guys like Alex Tuck and Eric Hala and Marsha Son and uh, William Carlson, what does that say? It just says that hockey is so much less predictable than the hardcores believe it is. Yeah, but again, again, we have to look at the contract situations pertaining to the expansion. I don't know Columbus's situation with Carlson. I don't know any of these other guys' situation. Hockey's contracts are so stupid. Uh, and that's a I GM problem again, Paul. And that's a GM problem. But going back to your tuck question and first of all i did not like when they left hala unprotected but i also understood because of these contracts that it was either leave him unprotected or leave zucker unprotected for sure uh you know you were going to lose somebody good yes true uh the tuck question to me is more of why didn't he flourish when we watched him with the wild judd 
I, I saw nothing, nothing when he was up with the Wild at all to indicate he was going to be this player. Well, so I, yeah. so I certainly can see why they just said, yeah, go ahead and take him. To me, the question, and I guess it's the same question in a lot of sports pertaining to like the David Ortiz situation, why didn't Tuck flourish here, but he goes to Vegas and he's flourishing? What, what was our coaching staff not seeing and not doing? Is it our system? It's uh, opportunity, know. Paul. He also only played like a handful. He didn't of games, play that yeah. much, and and if okay. if if you if you go go back, Hall is uh, a classic e- example of Mike Yo didn't trust him, right? Mike Yo absolutely he would demote him to the fourth line, and and he became I think he had one good year here and became a nice player, but all of a sudden with the Golden Knights, these two were plopped into a situation where where they were told go get him. Go do your thing. And to me, it's confidence and opportunity. Yeah, and that goes back to the GM. Because he didn't, they didn't have the opportunity here because of all these players with the contracts. You've got to play them. If you're paying, these, if you're paying Pominville $5 million a year, you've got to play them. You can't scratch them. So who do, you, who do you scratch? You scratch the players like Holla and Tuck. They don't get the opportunities. And now they go. So it goes back to the GMs. Yeah, Paul. Right. Thank Thanks, you, Paul. Bye, Paul. Talk to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he's right. It's just it's fat. It's fascinating. It's, oh, it's fascinating. very interesting. And yes. you guys have helped answer some questions, but I just think it's so. And ridiculous I will say this: like one of the answers and, is, "Oh, GMs are morons." <laughs> okay, and it's a and it's, <laughs> so are fans. Then it's a great story right now, but but for the long term health of a league, I don't like an expansion team being this good this quick. But well, okay, let's come back to that. too. I don't think that's a good because I think that's ridiculous. All right, I well, think I think it's a great thing right now. Well, stop. We'll come back. All right. 651-646-8255, Mackie and Judd. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. Wow, the suspense. This is a cliffhanger. Mackie and Judd. Cliffhanger. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. The sooner the better. On 1500 ESPN. Puck to center. Carpenter after the loose puck. He sees the open net. Carpenter waits to the middle. Eakin scores. Cody Eakin makes it 3-0. 1.51 to go in the third. A little sizzling, a little tenderizing. And the night's up by three. <laughs> uh, so we're going we're gonna to have uh, potentially the Vegas Golden Knights opponent decided tonight. If the Predators can't force a game seven, uh, then Winnipeg would go in. And we've got we got Tampa Bay already in the East, and then uh, Caps and Penguins still be decided. So that's a good series too. Anyways, explain to us again why you hate fun and why you don't no. want Vegas to. This is so you're. You, this, you are so oh, taking me out the, of context for the long term so, health of the league. You we, are so taking me out out of context and trying to be the adult <laughs> in the room. Oh yeah. Okay. What I am trying, what I am telling you is, this is a great story right now, but. Expansion franchises often have come into a league and been not good, been bad, gotten high draft picks, and fans still flock to see their games for about three to five years. Three years, certainly, because it's a new product in town and it's fun and exciting. All I'm saying is, if you are if you are the Golden Knights, where do you go from here? Well, you might win the cup. Okay, but I'm saying, after so let's say you do. It's great. You just won the cup. You are the defending Stanley Cup champions, and you come back in year two. End and of, guess what? End of sentence. There's going to be an inevitable, well, but you're probably not. But let's just. What do you mean you're probably not? Saying, where do you According go According to what are where, you probably where, not? What are you arguing? I'm telling you, the point is, you are set up now. Where do you go from here? For your fan base, you got Vegas. You are parading the Stanley Cup around. That's great. And those fans are like, this is great. We're going to win the cup every year. And then you have a down year. Where do you go from here? 
Where did do you, you... Wait, Did you just ask me what am I arguing? What the hell are you arguing? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, beware of early success for a franchise that could have had a three-year honeymoon. A three-year honeymoon. Isn't there an arena filled with out-of-town fans every single game anyway? Well, that's been my yeah, argument that that's going to dry up to... too. But anyway, my point is... You okay, now, what is your point? You are now going to have, so you've had all the success. So let's just say, let's say they play the Jets and they lose. And it's still been a great year and a feel-good year. Next year you come back and your fans are like, well, this is the expectation now, right, guys? Right? Conference finals, long playoff runs. You have won, you have won as many, what, playoff series in the past 10 years as the Wild has won. And you've been, and you've been, been around for one year. My point being is, Early success like this is a great story, and it's a lot of fun. And then you think about next fall, and you start playing, and you lose your first five games, and fans are like, well, what happened? What happened to you? I'm struggling to comprehend this level of panic from Judd. It's not <laughs> a level, like a it's new not, level it's of not panic a level of panic. This is, by the way, on behalf of a different city. It's not a level of panic. It's a realization of where you're at, of where you're going to be at. So you're the saying the bar is set incredibly high in year one when you could have just come in the league and been a nice little club and maybe didn't even make the playoffs and people are like this is great to have hockey here. So you're saying that if they were putrid for the first let's say three to five years, much like well the Wild were putrid for like a year or two, but they they were the conference finals. By actually, year three. you know what the Wild? That's a pretty good example here. So the Wild in year two or year three conference finals. So they had a brief honeymoon. So year you three. get that first year, 2003, right? But they peaked earlier than you would have liked to. Yes. And as a result, packed the arena for two decades. Packed the arena for two decades. In Minnesota. Okay. Which is a hockey state. But Las Vegas, okay, Las Vegas is actually, and they haven't attempted very often because these leagues are so scared of gambling. Vegas has done a good job when there are sporting events, when UNLV basketball before sanctions and before... Uh, basically before the NCAA <laughs> before made got, it impossible for them to win games. Damn near disbanded, yes. That was one of the most fun environments in yeah. college sports for a while. So you're basically what you're saying is if they are bad for three years, they can still capitalize on the early excitement Absolutely. of an expansion franchise. And then if they win a championship in year four or year five, so all they're getting is like three extra years of full arenas, that's your point? I'm saying because if they win a title in year five, I'm telling isn't you, it the same problem. I'm telling Uh-oh, you, you might not be no, a title team every year. No, no, because I'm telling you, year one now, you, you have set the bar so high. And by the way, the Raiders are going to move in 2020. Is that right or 19? So you're Sometime so so year. you're you're going to have right now professional sports wise zero competition. The Raiders are coming, and I guarantee you, the NBA is not far behind. The NBA has gone to school. On on this and the success of this this franchise means the NBA is coming too. I just think it's an interesting. I'm very curious to see how this plays out now when you've set the bar this high in year one. But if you win a championship, uh-huh. don't you think that is more likely to create a lot of hardcore fans who are loyal to you for the next twenty years? Like don't if you, you think can maintain if you can maintain a- success, absolutely. My point is you can't maintain success. <laughs> okay, but like you could say that about any team anywhere. My, but my point is if you look at where this team is at right now, they are still an expansion franchise. It's a feel-good story, but do you think that they're going to be... So next fall, when they come back and start training camp, fans are going to be like, well, this is great. We're going to back, we're going back to the Stanley Cup Finals or the Conference Finals or a deep playoff run. Yeah, and they're going to pay... They're going to, they're going to fill the arena for 10 years. And then when you have three down years, it sets you it sets yeah, you, you get up, full arenas because you were awesome. It sets, it sets you up for failure. 651-646-8255.
I struggle to see where you your mental gymnastics are taking you. Let's go to Mark. I struggle with this as well, too. I mean, Judd, think about this. They are about to be, obviously not by standings, but they even did that, too, a top four remaining team in the NHL in their expansion year. Mm-hmm. How could this possibly go wrong? Yes, they could not win the title every year. But you know what? They could possibly win the title this year. And even if they don't, attract free agents, say, hey, come here and play hockey, live in Vegas. What more could you want? I got to listen. I, I got to say it. Yeah. You didn't pull me on before. People on Twitter, this is a citizen's arrest from callers. I'm just telling. Cops is recorded on location with the men and women of Sports Talk. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in hot take court. Can we Mirandize Judd? Just let him know that he does not have to say anything. Anything he does say, however, can and will be used against him in hot take court. I've been yeah. making this point for quite some time, by the way. Podcasts. Uh, I'm going re- to read a couple. This is a citizen's arrest here. A hot take citizen's arrest. Al on Twitter. Judd is saying it won't be worth winning a Stanley Cup because they might take a slide back next year. Where are the hot take cops? This deserves a life sentence in hot take, Jay. I'm just telling you. That is your stance, right? That they shouldn't win a Stanley no, Cup because no. it's better for them my, in the league if my, they don't. My stance, is, my stance is the ordinary expansion team comes in and has a honeymoon period in which they can be bad. You've now set the expectation incredibly high if you stop today. That's you, my point. Okay, but like, should the Patriots not have gone through a two-decade dynasty? Because now, how are you going to ever no, no, I'm saying for, you no, ever you're, going no, to no, go no, back no, to no, those no, heights? No, you're mishearing me. I said for expansion teams. The Patriots weren't an expansion team. They, they were a terrible franchise for a long time that got good. That's fantastic. That's what you want. You want to get good. So you'd rather be more they like the Cle- you'd rather be more like the Cleveland Browns, where you just come in and like no, just, I don't sort of like dirt floor expectations for you're twenty not, years. You're not listening to me. I said you got about three or four years of a honeymoon period. I don't want a Timberwolves like thirteen year run of no playoff appearances. What I you build up to it. I feel like you're more upset that this isn't fitting your narrative of what sports should be regarding expansion teams. Yeah, up I'm, until now, all expansion wrong. teams, when they come in, they're pretty bad. This just this is making you think differently about things, and you just can't handle it. I don't know if you can possibly meet the... Now, if you win the cup, that's great. That's fine. I'm not trying to put down a cup. And this is... Hear you me have out. the right to remain silent. Hear, no, no, I'm not going to, because hear me out here. I am representing myself. You have the opportunity to win to win a cup, which is great. And I said at the top of this segment, this is a great story right now. This is a fantastic... I am not trying to rain on the current parade. But you are, and that's fine. What I am raining on is the fact that this sets you up for you're going to come back, and people are going to be like, well, this is the expectation now, right, boys? Okay, let me, okay let's me. let go down that path. I can't believe we're doing this still, but this is... Let's, let's hey, you're staying on it. I, I'd get it if you want. <laughs> okay. Let's say you're right. That they win a Stanley Cup, and now people expect Stanley <laughs> Cup champion teams for the next five years. Okay? Okay. What happens? Why is that bad? Why is it bad that fans want their team to win the championship? Well, it's not bad. the next five or ten it's years. It's not bad, but if you dip now and you don't make the playoffs, 
the bar has been set so high that fans are going to say, well, why can't you continue to be as successful as, as you were back in your But one? what is the negative result of that? Like, what are, are fans going to light the arena on fire? No, are they no, going to stop buying fans, tickets? What fans, is your main that, point? That, that fans would, that would start to bail. They'd start to say, well, if, if you can't, if you, if you gave me this product in year one of your existence, year one, this is like a baby being born and being Einstein. Well, yeah. well what do you do as a two year old? Yeah, I, I, I got to say, I think, I think there's a, I've been, there is a cavalcade you know, of listeners right now ready to just. I've been on this take your for microphone all, for, away from for all of you who are are tweeting me right now. I've been on this since mid season. Collar and I had long conversations about. I wouldn't this. be bragging about that. We had long conversations about this deep think tank stuff. Let's take one more call here, Bob. Save the show. Uh, Hi, Bob. Judd. Yes, Bob. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm listening. My my wife and I were fortunate enough to uh, get to go to the. A wild Vegas game in the middle of March out in Vegas. Nice. And, um, you know, where we were, uh, first of all, the whole end of the town is lousy with wild jerseys. I'm, I'm saying the arena was a quarter full of wild fans. Mm-hmm. And then I had uh, the obligatory guy sitting behind me, um, uh, you know, the fan who wants everyone around him to hear him. Well, um, to your point, uh, this this fan base, if this guy's any indication, is already spoiled. You know, the Wild kind of had their way with these guys. They got ahead three nothing, and uh, we're controlling the game. And this guy was just all over his team. And I'm saying to myself, "Geez, buddy, you know, you guys are an expansion team, and you're sitting here in the, near the top of your league." You know, try winning, being happy with 13 wins or something. And he's criticizing every guy on his team. You know, what's he doing on the ice? Get McNugget off the ice. You know, some guy named McNabb. Yeah, McNabb. It's good. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, I kind of held my tongue, but I did get my shot in near the end. I think uh, was game was pretty much over, and uh, Wilder had 3 nothing, and Halla scored. And so I just said loud enough to hear, <laughs> look at that. All the goals in the game are scored by wild players. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> yeah. It cuts deep. Bob, thank you for the phone call. See? Spoiled fans already. This is what I'm talking about. I'm just going to let you think that uh, you know what? 90% of you know the what, audience boys? is on your side Just quickly, right now. I am going to start a, a fine fund for, for myself today. Every time I say my point is, I'm going to put a dollar in the fine fund. I got a tweet about this a month and a half ago from a guy, and he's exactly right. And I have a bad crutch of saying my point is so every time i do it i'm putting a dollar in so monitor how much i say my point is where does the money go charity i don't care i think it should go honestly i think it should go to a fine fund though because i think it should go to the vegas golden knights front office and ownership because apparently they're not going to be able to pay their electricity in about three years (laughs) now you're (laughs) my point is that's bs (laughs) no that's about yeah all right hold on all right dave what's coming up and stuff next Some great moments in baseball from over the weekend and a version of New York, New York, like you've never heard before. Let's talk about the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities, Luther, Brookdale, Toyota, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. LutherBrookdaleToyota.com is a great place to find all kinds of new vehicles, 2018 Camrys and Corollas and RAV4s, which I highly recommend you test drive. And the pre-owned section, too, is a place to get great deals on Toyotas that might even be 5, 10, maybe 12, 15 years old. Might have 50, 100,000 miles. 
but still run like new because of the service at uh, 694 Brooklyn Boulevard and also because most of the Toyotas that were on the road 20 years ago are still on the road today. Durability, some of the most durable vehicles in the world. Uh, oftentimes, you'll see that sweet spot for used vehicles is sort of the uh, 8 to 10 years old, 100,000 miles. Those often go within 24 or 48 hours, but you can keep looking at the pre-owned section. Phil Mackey. You called him the little guy. I don't know why you have to pick on his physical appearance. Huh? I don't. He's a good-looking guy. Judd Zolgad. Grumpy SOB. Mm-hmm. He's a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves him. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. And stuff you should know about is sponsored by Credit Karma. Get your truly free credit score and free credit monitoring from Credit Karma. Download the Credit Karma app today. Credit Karma. Get no. Maggie and Judd Show, give me a go, no, go for stuff you should know about. Hosts, go, producer, technical, music, volume, the actual stuff, we are go, control, we are a go, you are clear to launch stuff you should know about. We are go for launch. All right, Harrigan, launch that stuff that we have to know about. I'm going to start with this one. NBA on TNT. We go to the studio. We go to Chuck Barkley. We go to Shaq. We go to Ernie Johnson. But we also go to Victor Oladipo, who was hanging out with the boys at the desk yesterday without Kenny Smith there. And I haven't even watched more than a couple seconds of this, so we're going to see how it goes. It's Victor and Chuck singing New York, New York. Oh, my. Are you ready? As ready as we can be. Start spreading the news. That's Victor leading us off. That is. I'm leaving today. (laughs) Chuck Johnson. I want to be a part of it. New York, New York. (laughs) Oh, God. These Jagger shoes are longing to stay. Victor's got a decent voice, but can't find the note. No. Chuck, you embarrassing you, Chuck. I wanna wake up in a city <laughs> that never sleeps. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck forgot the words. All right, that's good. That's so okay. Victor Oladipo. If you just listen to his voice, it sounds like Leslie Odom Jr. But then, like, if you listen to him try to find the note, it's like if Leslie Odom Jr. jammed. Five toothpicks in each eardrum. Ooh, it's not pretty. That was Zolgadian-like <laughs> in its awfulness. All right, Judd. This is the story you've been waiting for for months on end. I, we could probably say years on end, frankly. Yeah. Colin McHugh. Yes. Pitcher. Relief pitcher. Houston Astros. I'm tearing up. Yeah. We've got two calls of it. First, we will take the uh, the Houston call on AT&T Sportsnet. Southwest. And we are just witnessing some history today. What a time to be alive. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> it's Colin Is this is this the greatest thing that you guys have seen? Yeah, today, this is the best thing I've seen. And he's, you know, he's got the look about him. He's intense as he came out. <laughs> oh, nothing says intense like a helmet cart. That's right. 
the helmet cart, he the bullpen cart. He yes. hopped in the Diamondbacks bullpen cart and got a ride to the mound, boys. Let's hear how the Diamondbacks uh, play-by-play team called it. Well, here it is. Mark it down. Great moments in D-backs history. Like Astros right-hander yeah. Colin McHugh becomes the first player ever to use the D-backs bullpen cart in a regular season game. Well, either good for him or he's the laziest pitcher in the National <laughs> Major Leagues. Unnecessary shot there. So I'm so happy it why, finally happened. Why are opposing teams? I, I think I'd want I'd want my guys to take the bullpen card out, right? Make yes. sure they're fresh. Yes, you would. I want Colin McHugh taking the extra 200 steps. Wear them out. I mean, there's a sponsor on the side of the head, the big helmet top there. Maybe so it can if your guys aren't going to do it, it can drive next to him. How did it take so long? How can yeah, no how can no D backs reliever have embraced this opportunity by now? They still haven't. I don't get it. Target Field, I am willing to bet you, Dave St. Peter, that if you were to put a bullpen card in by the beginning of the next homestand, Fernando Rodney in for sure. 40, right? 40 years old? Oh, yeah. Can use can use a little bit more rest? I just think it would be, come on now. Lance Lynn might want to get in it, too, just from, like, the pregame to the <laughs> bullpen yeah. to, for the start. If, if Rodney takes it, do you have to get it so that the, the cap on top tilts to the side just I, a little bit as a, he comes in bit. so everybody knows it's Fernando and I think it's guys like Such and Reavers are up there. Ah, why is it got a cock to the I'm side, that there. cart top thing? It's not how you're supposed to wear your bullpen <laughs> cart cap. Not back in my day. Get off my lawn. Let's talk about the Yankees, boys. A little walk-off bomb from Glaber Torres yesterday. Youngest Yankee since Mickey Mantle. They hit a walk-off shot to win a ball game. But there's nothing better than seeing how you guys like the sound of a John Sterling home run call that you haven't heard before. I prefer it. I think Judd's sick of it, but I, uh, I give. You're sick of John Sterling. No, no, no. I've been, I've been disappointed by some calls this okay. season. I don't think this will disappoint okay. you. If Glaber Torres hit a home run and you were John Sterling, can you think of how you might call it? What sort of puns you would use, or? Bring out some Italian as he does with Giancarlo. Boy, I'm struggling. That's right, you are. The pitch. Swung on and hit in the air to center field and deep. Allen back, away back, on the track, at the wall. It's gone into the Yankee bullpen. It is a walk-off. Ninth inning, one out, three-run home run by Glaber Torres. It is Glaber Day. And he is the Glaber of the Month. Yes! How about that? I love love it. Okay, he's redeemed himself for all the crappy calls I've heard so far. Glaber Day is okay, but he's the Glaber of the Month. Come on. Come on, on. that's pretty good. No, it's outstanding. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? He's back. He's got his cool back. Sterling's got his mojo back. Oh, it's totally worth the price of admission. You know what I mean? Wow, there it is. There you go. There they are. Yep, Those can't stop puns. it. Yep. Right uh, did you guys see any off. of uh, SNL over the weekend? Yes. I saw the cold open. Well, you didn't see the skit that didn't air then because of time. That would be the other Cleveland Cavaliers. How they, like, there's so many other skits they could have bumped. There are. This one's pretty good. It is. Everybody knows about LeBron, but don't forget about us, the other Cavaliers. And whatever LeBron needs, we'll get it done. As long as what he needs isn't basketball. (laughs) But we've got everything else covered. Every time LeBron makes a free throw, I'm right there with that high five like, there you go, LeBron. You know that thing when you roll the ball up the court to save time? I'm pretty good at that. I average zero points. 
zero assists, six personal fouls. I sweep up LeBron's chalk. I'm 53 years old. I have seven kids, and two of them are also on the cast. Our point guard is a Roomba. I'm still learning the rules, and I'm a slow learner. We run an offense called Hot Potato. LeBron throws us the ball, we throw it right back. <laughs> Hot Potato. And don't forget about the girl on our team. It started as a gimmick, but guess who's the second leading scorer on the team? Even though I'm a heavy smoker. <laughs> <laughs> that got bumped. <laughs> yes. It's very, very good. Great. In fairness, they ran a little long with the cold open, which included uh, all kinds everybody. of celebrities and Stormy Daniels herself yep. playing herself. Ah, and there was this one. This is an uncomfortable watch. 3-2 pitch. Ouch. Boy, that caught Moline, and he's down. Yeah. Poor Yachty. Foul tip to the groin. Surgery. Out for a month. Emergency surgery, yeah. Right. Well, what does of the, course it's an emergency. But what? How, oh. Like, can we clarify the word emergency? Because when I see where that ball hit him, and then hear the word emergency, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, like oh god. How much how of an emergency were we talking about here? Ah, uh, yeah. I didn't get the details, and uh, frankly, I didn't want to. <laughs> I yeah, me neither. Boy, that is mm. uh, that's uh, right there is a lesson. Maybe instead of having your kids grow up to be catchers, maybe punting or some other spot on the baseball. Anything but catching? Yeah. Yeah. Far away from the plate as possible. That would be great. Not even bullpen catcher. That's that's too close. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last one. Uh, How do we feel about Big Ben? Going on the radio Friday and saying, you know, I, we drafted that quarterback guy with third round, something like Why do we waste a third round pick on a quarterback? I'm hey, liking I'm him less and less. And I'm, I'm not going to mentor him. You know, if, if he has a question, I'll just say, here, Check go, the playbook, go look at the playbook. Rook. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you get to say that and be offended when you've been teasing retirement for each of the last four years, right? Like, if you're a franchise and your quarterback keeps teasing retirement, you're probably going to try and hedge and make sure you have someone to replace him. He is uh, definitely more and more coming off as a complete ass, I think is a safe way to put it. Just now? Well, no, he has for a long time, but I forgot about it, basically. Or, <laughs> or I started to, to forget and thought, oh, he seems like he's changed, matured. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't you can't go Favre and talk about how you're going to retire and then publicly come out and say, well, I'm not going to retire and they shouldn't have drafted a quarterback, basically. Yeah, but, you know, he's an ass, but... He might not be enough of an ass. Like, Josh Rosen's an ass, but there might be a line there somewhere. I don't understand how all that works. If Ben, if ben Roethlisberger can be that arrogant and that much of an ass for, like, 15 years, but now we're worried about, like, Josh Rosen might be an ass, too. Okay. NFL evaluators, we've jumped the show. And Rosen's an ass because he's supposed to be too smart. He's a too smart. And Ben's just a meathead, Meat and potatoes. seemingly, who thinks he's the greatest quarterback is, ever. Is Rosen a smart ass or a smart ass? That's a good question. <laughs> I mean... Old. Can you be both? Where do you six five one six four six eight two five five? Judd's column. <laughs> so yeah, my, get my column. <laughs> Forty five minutes away from the Wetmore live apology read. By the way, looking forward to Good that. Good luck with that. Mackie and Judd now continue. It's going to be awesome. We can't wait. Mackie and Judd. Be ready on fifteen hundred. ESPN. Join 1500 ESPN and Twin Cities in motion this Thursday 
for a post-race festival after running along the riverfront in the Medtronic TC One Mile. Find 1500 ESPN at Mill City Museum for the J.P. Morgan Chase and Company post-race festival. In addition to 1500 ESPN swag, you'll find a cash bar, food trucks, DJ, and more. Head to 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events for more details about the Medtronic TC One Mile. Thank you, Dave Harrigan. Um, man, our twins. So it's a weird schedule this week because they play two games against St. Louis today and tomorrow, and then it's a rare Wednesday off day. You don't hardly Travel ever day. see a Wednesday off day. Yes, on you, Wednesday. It's usually mon- Mondays and Thursdays are really the only days that you would get off in uh, in the major leagues. Can I say that I don't really care if Miguel Sano comes back? <laughs> I'm fine with Eduardo Escobar over there. And I get that, well, at some point Jorge Polanco is going to come back, but... I think Eduardo Escobar, who's not the greatest defensive player, but much more nimble and a, a better third baseman defensively than Miguel Sano. Yeah. I mean, if you had to tell me right now, make a choice. You only get one of these two players to play the entire season at third base. Eduardo Escobar or Miguel Sano? Right now, it's a no-brainer to me. And I get that Sano might come in and hit some more home runs, but Escobar is a guy who hit 20 bombs. Uh, he's a guy who can play multiple positions. He's a guy that wants to play. For sure. Keeps himself healthy. Right, he's a professional. Yeah. I mean, that's the... Keeps himself under uh, 300 pounds. It's it's an incredibly sad statement that you would say that, and and I get what you're saying, but think about where that leaves things right now. When you can sit here mm-hmm. and say, Escobar's played really well, which he has. He's a professional. All of the things... I, I would think that we are to the point now where... where the Sano defenders are just about done. I would think that we're to the point now where it's you'd be very, if you're sitting out there and you say, oh man, I still love his talent, you'd be very hard-pressed to make a compelling case until things change, if things change, to not just say, I'm going to back away from the conversation for a while because everything that's happened with, with this guy, and this this goes back to to our conversation two months ago about trading him. It's not because if he ever fulfilled his his talent or came close, he'd be a magnificent player. Mm-hmm. But the reason why we talked about could you trade him to Tampa, and the, the reason why I firmly believe that the Twins made those calls, was this was sadly incredibly predictable. Mm-hmm. What he's going through right now was if I had come to you with three options at the beginning of the year, and I had said on May 7th he's going to be on the DL, it's going to be a hamstring, and he's going to be... Mm-hmm out of shape, and not be taking a professional approach, you'd say, yeah, could see that easily. Mm-hmm. That's an indictment and a sad statement. Yeah, in fact, I would I, maybe I'm getting too hot takey here, but Eduardo Escobar has become one of their most valuable players the last couple of years. He had, it, was, it was 2016, it was the disastrous year where he was just a train wreck too. Uh, but he has put together, I don't know, like three out of the last four years, if you include the hot start to this season, like, Years where you would look and say, "Yeah, that's a that's a guy that you can rely on for 140 games if needed." It's uh, for him. It's been 125 to 130 games. A lot of that due to injuries and or just like the fact that he's a part time player. But I like him. I think he sets a better tone in the clubhouse. I think he's a better overall player. He's certainly a better defender. And the power gap isn't as wide as you probably would have thought like five years ago. Oh, and by the way. He was one of the two pieces they got in return for Francisco Liriano's five and a half ERA into contract a season a few years. Heck of back. a Terry Ryan trade. 
Yeah, it was a salvage deal. Yeah, but to but to get but it's and, and then Pedro Hernandez was the lefty who wound up pitching for the St. Paul Saints, Saints a couple yeah. years later. Yeah, uh, but like to, to to get a guy like Eduardo Escobar for a fading and unproductive Francisco Liriano. Now that you look back about six years later, it was it was good for the Twins. How much do, do you think it's now going to take over an extended time period for Sano to rehab himself to the point where where if you do shop him, there's some value there. At least value enough to say the return's going to be decent enough to pull the trigger as quick as possible. Man. Because it, now... It can't happen this year. No. No, it sure can't. It almost has to be, if he gets back soon, he'd have to be amazing the rest of this year. And then you'd have to hope that you can hook some team in the offseason. Because now, he's already missed, what, two weeks? Or, yeah, almost two weeks? Or a week, at whatever it is. Week and a half? He's going to be out for for at least two weeks. Week and a half, I think, yes. It's very likely they put him on a rehab assignment. He's not just going to jump right back no. in and face hitters. So he's going to go on at least a two- or three-day rehab assignment, if not a two-week rehab assignment. So let's say he misses a month. It'll be the third consecutive season in which he missed at least a month. So if he's not a guy that you can... Rely on if it if it's it reminds me a little bit of Nikola Pekovic with the Timberwolves, where whether it was him negotiating his max contract and then the front office saying, "Oh wait a second, we like you, but you're like three quarters of a max. If you think you're a max guy, the fact that you only play fifty five games means that you're really only three quarters of a max guy, and we would even fight you on that." Uh, that's Miguel Sano. If you think that you're X amount financially at some point. A smart GM would say, or any sort of half-competent GM would say, oh, wait a second, you rarely, if ever, play more than 120 games in a season, so you know, if we can't rely on you to be out there, part of being valuable is just being being available, right? Of course it is, yeah. So, yeah. The, the Royce column that, that I think appeared in Friday's strip is very, very scary, too, because Patrick was clearly told by a good source that the whole theory of send him to yeah. send him to AAA for 20 days, he would pout and wouldn't do a thing. Mm-hmm. So now you're just completely stuck. Yeah, unless you send him down there with some empowering message, but if he thinks that you're doing Doesn't it as sound punishment. Like he would care, though. Yeah, the, that was uh, Pat and I talked about that after we did that. We did a segment or two with Myron in here on Friday on that column, and then I talked to Pat off the air when the show was over, and we both. And it sounds like you're in the same camp. We both agreed like this would have been the right move in our minds to just send him out for 21 days and go get in shape and go hit some bad minor league pitching. And if that's the last straw that basically pushes him away from the organization, then it'd be a mistake because you want to salvage something out of him, whether it's trade value or a guy that's going to be part of your franchise for a while. So anyways, Dave, you got some, let's do some questions when we come back here. Is questions ready to hit early in this game? It's a little early for questions after a weekend of debauchery and, you know, but uh, questions will step up to the plate and give his best shot. Sounds good. Sounds good.